People sometimes have the idea that heaven is a place of inactivity, where all work has come to an end, where we float aimlessly in the clouds and we sing songs for the rest of eternity. But what if we've had it wrong? What if there actually is a purpose and a design for each of us and a role to fill in heaven? Let's see what the Bible says about that. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast here on the Vertical Church Ovilla channel. We have podcasts coming out every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. So if you're watching on YouTube, I would ask you to go ahead and subscribe and like uh, this, this video and share it with someone else who needs it uh, because this is going to be an encouraging, fun podcast for us today. Yeah, if you're listening on any other streaming format, we welcome you as well. Yeah. So when it comes to discussions about faith and God and the Bible, uh, inevitably somewhere along the way, the subject turns to heaven. And uh, it's been a, a subject of curiosity all the way from the day that disciples walk with Jesus all the way to believers today. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that place like? Who exactly is going to be there? What kind of bodies will we have? Where is heaven? Yeah. Will we recognize one another in heaven? Exactly. Will we know our kids? What about the ones who were unborn? There's just ongoing questions about that, and we could spend a long time talking about that. So Mm -hmm. today we're going to narrow the field down for the discussion, though, and talk specifically about what will we do in heaven. So I think that's broad enough in and of itself, but interesting enough because that's that's usually one of the things that people want to know. So what, what happens there? Because... Depending upon what you've heard, some people come to the conclusion, well, it sounds like a pretty boring place. Mm -hmm. It sounds Mm -hmm. like I'm just, uh, we're just sitting around or we're floating around or we are strumming harps for all eternity, singing, singing the same song over and over again. So with all of that today, uh, we're going to tackle just the subject of what will we do in heaven? Now, uh, as part of one of our recent messages at Vertical, I recommended a couple of books. I'll, I'll do the same today for those who may not have caught that message. Uh, a couple of books that that go into further detail about the uh, more of the broader realities of heaven. And uh, a couple of the authors are, one is John Eldridge. He has written a book fairly recently called All Things New, Heaven, Earth, and the Restoration of Everything That You Love. So uh, a great book. I think you'll enjoy it. I love John Eldridge's style and his approach. He's the author of Wild at Heart. So um, a great book on that. And then also Randy Alcorn has written a little bit more beefy book (laughs) called Heaven. And uh, in it, he answers uh, a load of questions. And it it reads like a book, but it also reads like an encyclopedia because Mm -hmm. he's got it. Uh, the chapters are divided up into questions. You know, what will our bodies be like? Yeah. And what will heaven, uh, what will our relationships be like? And just on and on, yeah, multitude and the, of questions that he, he addresses. Yeah, and the fascinating thing about his book, Randy Alcorn's uh, Heaven, it's not just like, and let me just put down some really cool, maybe potential mm-hmm. thoughts and all this stuff, but it's all scripture. <laughs> like everything is, here's this verse that says this thing. Yeah. And here's how we know these are the truths about heaven, you know, rather than just like, you know, I had a vision that, yeah. you know, or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. Randy Alcorn is not saying, I went there and I came back and here's yeah. what I saw. He's using scripture. Yeah, it's a good point. He's using scripture as his foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of it, um, he would honestly even say, I think we have to all agree, we are we're basing what we read in scripture on what we think will be there. Yeah. So, 
he's not making hard, fast yeah. uh, standards on mm-hmm. on every element of it. But I really like how he uses scripture and the conclusions that he draws. Mm-hmm. I think they're fair and, and good. So, yeah. Um, Again, if you've if you have had this idea that somehow heaven is boring or heaven is us floating in, uh, you know, sky or space somewhere, mm-hmm. if it's all just clouds and somehow we've all become angels and we're all wearing white robes and we're strumming gold harps, then you really you've you, watched a lot of movies. <laughs> exactly. you, you've seen a lot of shows and heard some stories yeah. that are really not biblically accurate. And mm-hmm. most Christians are surprised when they dive in a little bit deeper to the realities of what our time in eternity will be like. So we'll approach from that angle today, again, specifically about what will we do? What will be our activity there mm-hmm. be like? So to begin that conversation, we have to have uh, a, a first conversation. We're not going to stay on this long, although we could have a podcast just on this alone. This idea that when we think of heaven, what we're talking about is the time after um, after the catching away of the church, which mm-hmm. we tend we believe in. But if you want to, even if it's whether you believe in rapture or not, yeah. after the end, we'll, yeah. Say. we'll yeah. just say. After, after the, the last days. After the last days, after the end of all things, the Bible describes a time when, as John writes it, he says he sees a new heaven and a new earth Mm -hmm. for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. So right away, we have a different picture all of a sudden about what this time in eternity will be like. We will not just be on clouds floating about. We will actually be here on earth, but it will be a restored earth, a new earth with new heavens. So right away, this changes the game. We start thinking about where we'll be and what we will do. Everything that we're going to talk about from this point forward is based on the scripture that Mm -hmm. more than once says that God will restore the planet to a different state than what it is now. And I would say back to what it was like in the Garden of Eden, but Mm -hmm. it's really not even that. It's something even greater than Eden. Yeah. So that's encouraging, mm-hmm. and uh, Revelation and some other books in the Bible give us description of those. But when we talk about eternity from this point forward in the conversation today, we're going to be talking about life here on earth in its restored, uh, renewed form. Now, the second thing that we must know today is that this time in eternity will be life greater than what we can imagine today. Yeah. So everything that we talk about is going to even fall short. Uh, as grandiose as we might attempt to explain it, <clears throat> the scripture is clear that we have yet to comprehend the fullness of what is yeah. there. First yeah. Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Mm. So again, all that we discuss today are going to, I can tell you up front, is going to pale in comparison to the reality of what it is. Uh But uh, as that same passage says, God has revealed these things to us, these things that are to come that he has prepared for us through his spirit. So 
uh, as we described it recently in a message here at Vertical, uh, he has given a foretaste. We've had the appetizer. Mm -hmm. We've had the tease, mm -hmm. maybe, of what heaven will be like. We have a taste of it. So uh, inside us, we have this awareness that there's something more, and it is just simply the beginning. So... Um, we have been created here on earth, but we have been created for eternity. Mm -hmm. uh, Ecclesiastes talks about how God has created us with eternity in our hearts. That yeah. There's this longing and desire and, and actually our fullness is there. Yeah. Um, we've been born again with life here and it will be fulfilled there. Uh, I was reading out of this book, Heaven, uh, by Randy Alcorn. And he's got a, a section here where he talks about, or he has a quote about this place, uh, this this new heaven and new earth. It's from a book <clears throat> called Things Unseen by uh, Mark uh, Buchanan. And what he writes here, I think, is fitting for us today because he says, <clears throat> why won't we be, we be bored in heaven? Because it's the one place where both impulses to go beyond, to go home, are perfectly joined and totally satisfied. It's the one place where we're constantly discovering where everything is always fresh and the possessing of a thing is as good as the pursuing of it. And yet where we are fully at home, where everything is as it ought to be and where we find undiminished that mysterious something we've never found down here. Wow. And this lifelong melancholy that hangs on us this wishing we were someone else, somewhere else, vanishes too. Wow. Our craving to go beyond is always and fully realized. Our yearning for home is once and for all fulfilled. The awe of deep satisfaction and the aha of delighted surprise meet and they kiss. Wow. That's, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's awesome. And a great setup for yeah. where we're headed today. Exactly. Heaven is this place of reality. It's a place of fulfillment. It's a place that we've longed for. And it's a place that is unbelievably rewarding. Mm -hmm. So uh, glimpses from the scripture, of course, tell us this truth. Even in Ephesians 2.10, a verse that we normally think about uh, our life here on earth related to yeah. has more eternal implications. It says, for we are his workmanship yeah. created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So yes, in this life, we've been created to do good, but the implication here is that we've been, we've been designed in Christ for something more grand mm -hmm. and more fulfilling, more rewarding, more industrious, more yeah. accomplishing than even what this life holds. And we'll ultimately experience that yeah. on the new earth. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I just love like how the, the quote at least put that of uh, this idea of to go beyond and to be at home. Cause again, yeah. those are contrasts, but both such great desires uh, at the same time, I love how it puts that together. And it's like, mm. again, all of these hopes and dreams and aspirations that we have, even in this regard and of these things that we can comprehend, that's only not even scratching the surface of what is beyond. And so it does lead us to that question of asking like, what, what is that new earth going to be like? You know, mm -hmm. what, what from the scriptures do we know as we're all about, let's see what the Bible says about yeah, that here exactly. on this podcast. I think, um, if we could get a glimpse or an idea of what that new earth would look like and mm -hmm. be like, and again, this idea of what's our purpose there, what are we going to do? So yeah. 
we have answers for those things. Yeah, we don't do. We? Yeah, surprisingly, again, I, I was one of those who grew up with this idea that heaven was this uh, mysterious, far off, uh, mm-hmm. in the clouds. Uh, you know, we're plump, angelic babies floating around yeah. in crowds, clouds, yeah. plucking harps. I, that's yeah. mostly from just watching cartoons growing up. Yeah, yeah. Did you get all that stuff? But you know, I was I was surprised myself to find that this time in eternity, this new heaven and new earth, on this new earth, there are buildings. There are, there's rivers, yeah. there's water sources, there yeah. are trees, there is light, there are places to go. Yeah. Uh, I was shocked to find all of that myself. Because yeah. whenever you think new earth, you think like, oh, new clouds, new airy, new full, like, <laughs> you know, like we hear new earth, but we're not thinking of like planet earth like this. Sometimes yeah. we often can think about like the theoretical new vastness of right. white you know, yeah, and that's it. Or we think of an earth and it's, uh, it's all the, uh, it's trees and it's rivers and, but yeah. there's nothing constructed there. We don't think yeah. in terms of there being buildings yeah. again, but I come from building architecture, mm-hmm. you know, background. Mm-hmm. So this is all very intriguing to me. The fact that there would actually be buildings there yeah. and, and there are streets yeah. and there is intentionality and then there's order and that mm-hmm. there's design with mm-hmm. all of that. So, yeah, specific materials and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Different materials used in buildings uh-huh. that show design and creativity yeah. and elements there. And that are all like crafted <laughs> towards presenting a um, message as well with all yeah, of them. Yes, it all <laughs> reflects the glory of God yeah. and the wonder of Jesus. So you might think, okay, that just sounds like you're making up stuff. Yeah, well, exactly. Let's, let's go to the scripture. Uh-huh. So Revelation chapter 7 says, Therefore... They are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. So right away we have some building terms here. There's a throne and uh, we're standing before it. So it is in front of us. So there is depth, there is distance, Mm -hmm. and they serve him day and night in his temple. So there's a space. You can enter into this space. It's Mm -hmm. a temple. We can understand that because we have images in which God described the tabernacle and and temple here on earth. So this is like that in heaven. And it says, and he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. So now we've got furniture, we have uh, architecture, we have this space. And, and then it says, and they neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. So now, again, we have something different happening here. The sun is not there, but there's light. There's no, uh, you're not going to get a sunburn in that day. There's no extreme weather. It's not going to be Texas 107 degrees. <laughs> exactly. Thank it'll, the it'll Lord. It'll be Texas, but not, no. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it'll, it won't be, there's not extreme heat and extreme uh-huh. weather patterns. Uh-huh. And it says, for the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water. So again, here we are with water sources and they're living fountains of water that are not just for drinking for our natural physical body, but they have spiritual properties to them. And then that verse concludes in 17 and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So we have a a brand new place, a new heaven, a new earth. Mm -hmm. Jesus is physically present here in this place. He has a throne. uh, It's in a temple and we experience him. We can enter into his presence physically and he's reigning there. He's on a throne. So there's order, there's power, there's glory, there's goodness, there are no threats, but there is purpose. There is serving. There is functionality. There's there's fulfillment. So right away, just in a 
three verses, yeah. we get yeah. this picture of, okay, wait a minute. This is radically different yeah. than clouds and harps and plump angel mm-hmm. babies. Mm-hmm. Um, these are people who are redeemed, who are in the presence of Jesus with yeah. a role and in a very uh, geographic location yeah. with building and architecture involved. Yeah. And again, like it makes sense, obviously, that there would be architecture and that there would be buildings and all this stuff because Jesus literally tells his disciples, I'm going away and I'm preparing a place for you. Yes. And, and in my house is, you know, many mansions and all this. So where he, he's describing that he has gone before us. He's yep. in heaven preparing yep. a place for us. Again, Jesus, the carpenter, the one who yes. does that here on this earth, right. you know, crafting and creating things says I'm doing this as well in heaven. And so, Again, fascinating that all of those things are described, mm-hmm. and you know we see more of that in, mm-hmm. in more passages. So I mm-hmm. think we should check out what's what that says. You yeah, know. you know, there's this uh, fascinating verse, even the Book of Proverbs, where it talks about uh, it's a reference to wisdom, but it's it's Jesus personified, and he says that he was he was beside the Father in the creation mm-hmm. of all things in the yeah. created. And when, when, when God created all things, he was there. Yeah. And so if he was there and had a part in that creation, then here he is, he's yeah. after his time here on earth, his death and resurrection, he returns to heaven and he's busy there as mm-hmm. well. And he yeah. builds a place for us. Yep. Yes, you have to know it, w- it would be a place of, of brilliant design, a place mm-hmm. of magnificent wonder. And the scripture tells us that. And as we're going to, about to see in another Revelation passage, again, you're going to find architecture, design. Yep. You're going to find order. You're going to find dimensions. Mm-hmm. You're going to find streets. You're going to find city described. You're going to find beauty. You're going to find beauty and intentional beauty and mm-hmm. order and design, where the where the what's created reflects the glory of God. Uh, you're going to find reading. You'll find writing. You'll find language. You'll find gravity. You'll find all of this in this new earth. That's just so exciting, you know, to find the restored mm-hmm. earth, and we are here in it. Mm-hmm. And all of those elements that that are enough for us to feel like home, but at the same time enough for to feel like this is home glorified. This yeah. is home, you know, next level kind of thing. So yep. book of Revelation, again, chapter 21 it says, uh, in describing this this city come down uh, out of heaven for this new earth, it says, now the wall of the city had 12 foundations. Again, now we, we're thinking in terms of uh, order. We're thinking in terms of structure. We're thinking in terms of, of a gravitational force and mm-hmm. uh, weight mm-hmm. because it has foundations to support the building. And, and on these foundations, these 12 levels, uh, on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he who walked or talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city. So it's definable. Yeah. It's measurable. They're, they're having conversations. He who talked with me, all this stuff. Yes. There are numbers because they can mm-hmm. measure uh, and measure its gates and its wall. Here are other building facets. There, yeah. There's a gate to it. You can go in. You can Fascinating. Go out. There are Even walls that. to yeah. it. There's order. Uh, protection, uh, or, or not protection as much as is defined space. Mm-hmm. Uh, the city is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed 
12,000 furlongs, its length, breadth, and height are equal. Again, measurement, space. Yeah. Verse 17, then he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. The construction of its wall was jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. So here is an earthly element, gold, Mm -hmm. but refined and pure, and it's like clear glass, no impurities in it. So it's, again, it's pieces of what we know of as home, but they are glorified in, in a new state. Verse 19, the foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophrase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst, the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each individual... Uh, gate was one of pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. All of that speaks of majesty. Uh, yeah, majesty. beauty and majesty, but also tangible, touchable, yeah. observable colors, yeah. stones from the earth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that will be there, but in a glorified form. So mm-hmm. there's beauty, there's wonder, there's all the, the creative expressions of God and as we'll see, the creative expression of man yeah. here in this place as well. Yeah, and again, thinking of heaven being on the new earth, mm. like that. This is on the new earth. This is mm-hmm. taking place, mm-hmm. and that's incredible. It's yeah. not just oh, out in a galaxy far, far away kind yeah. of thing, you know. Yeah. But this <clears throat> is on the new creation. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. Yeah, I can't remember which one of these books I was reading in, but they talk about the difference between the idea of, of this eternal eternal space here, the time, place, that sometimes we have in mind this idea of like uh, the sinking ship mentality, like the ship's going down and we're just going to all end up in a brand new place somewhere else mm-hmm. uh, because the ship has, is corrupt and yeah. it's got a hole in it and it's, yeah. it's doomed. But instead, uh, it's more what's consistent with Scripture is more of the ark mentality that... Uh, Noah and his family went into an ark for a time of judgment to occur on the earth. Wow. And then they came out of the ark to yeah. restore the earth. Yeah. Wow. And that is what will happen That's then. Awesome. Yeah. That, uh, we're not doomed for this uh, this place to go up in fire and, and vanish, but yeah. instead it will be, there'll be a fire, yeah. but it will be a purging fire. Wow. The first was a flood. The second will be a fire. It'll be purged the earth wow. and then it'll be made new by God himself Incredible. and it will be brand new and restored, which again, so many lessons in that, but it's God's yeah. desire to restore us as well. The yep. places in our life that have been filled with uh, failure and pain and judgment. Uh, he longs to restore, not yeah. destroy, but to restore. Yeah. So, so good. So much here. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> so again, that's talking about all of what will be there and what Mm -hmm. we will see. And again, tangible, physical, real stuff. It's not just floating spiritual song time and all this kind of stuff. and only repeating holy forever. (laughs) You know, there is that aspect in verses. That's actually the angels sing that song, but it never says that we sing that song. Fascinating. We have a different song we sing. It's coming. So with all of those being what the new earth is like, I think that's good. And we get a good concept of that, but I think the question now is, well, so if that's what everything is like there mm-hmm. visually, tangibly, experientially, what 
what's our purpose there? What are we to do? Yeah. Do we work? Do we travel? Are, are there things to do? Or yeah. is it like, all right, we'll just sit on the thrones then or what? You <laughs> we're, know? Just, we're just getting a grand tour for eternity. Yeah, exactly. Just, and here is this on your left. Yeah, exactly. Now, now hey. again, we turn to scripture and we find a very different scene. We're not just standing in awe of this, this place. Here's yeah. what it says, again, Revelation 22, the final chapter of the Bible, verses 3 through 5. It says, And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, this new earth, and his servants shall serve him. Now, in that one short phrase at the end of verse 3, unlocks so much, because here it describes the servants, that is us, yep. <clears throat> those who have been redeemed. Here we are on this mm-hmm. new earth with new heavens, and we have a, a role there. We are servants. It could have used a lot of titles. It could have been observants, yeah. <laughs> but that's not what it says. The Spec- tourists. Could have yeah. said, yeah, spectators, mm-hmm. tourists, uh, travelers, <clears throat> but instead it uses this title of servants. And if anyone is called a servant, it's because they have a task to serve. They have a role to fill. So here we are on the new heaven or in the new earth with the new heavens. And what is happening there, the servants serve him. So the implication is, the, the fact is, we then have a role to fulfill on the new earth. We are serving and serving Jesus. And Jesus is not just random. Jesus is intentional. And what he created us for here is a foretaste of what we've been created for there. So we have to believe that what we have been made for and long for and desire here is just a taste of what we will do there. We will serve him and it will be from even our own passion, interest, gifts, and skills and delights. It goes on in that passage, verse 4, and it says, they shall see his face. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. It will no longer be that we're praying and having to imagine by faith Mm -hmm. or believe by faith. We're not imagining, we're believing. Mm -hmm. But here in that day, we see his face. There's physical presence of Jesus. Mm -hmm. It says, and his name shall be on their foreheads. It'll be our, we belong to him, identify Mm -hmm. with him. There shall be no night there. There's no reason to uh, have day and night anymore. Jesus is the light, as other passages indicate. Uh, In fact, this one will in just a moment. Um, It says, they need no lamp nor light for the sun, for the Lord God gives them light. So it's a a place of different physical properties. Yeah, I I can't imagine what that even means, that there's no light and dark. There's no need of the sun, but Jesus gives them light. I I don't understand that, but it's what it says. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what's fascinating is the latter part of verse 5, and it says, and they, referring to the servants, shall reign forever and ever. (laughs) Wow. Here we are serving, but we're serving from a position of reigning. So now we have responsibilities that we will enjoy, that we will find delight in, that will be incredibly fulfilling because we will be doing it for Jesus. And we do it without fear of failure, (laughs) without fear of loss, 
and we do it from a position of reigning. We have mm-hmm. overcome, we are fulfilled, and we are in a position now of purpose and power and authority and union with Christ. So now we're getting so a better good. understanding of what yeah. what that place is like, what our function overall will be, yeah. and what will be our, our even our mindset within yeah. all of that. And again, just something that strikes me, you know, whenever it says, and they shall reign forever and ever. Mm. And you think about like, man, the only reason that we are even in heaven is because someone else paid our way. Mm. You know, it's not, oh, because we did X, Y, Z, we're now in a position to where we're so awesome that we Mm -hmm. should reign in heaven forever. But despite all shortcomings that, Jesus pays our way to enter in to this incredible place and that we would serve him. And that is our greatest passion and that we would reign alongside him. Yeah. It's just incredible. It It is. is, Again, it's truly just every aspect that we talk about. I'm just like, wow, obviously we've talked about heaven before, Mm -hmm. but you just sit down and think about it, talk about it, and it just gets more and more incredible every time, yeah. you know. And you think about here, you know, we when we work here, we're working at a place of employment usually, and we're yeah. thinking in terms of getting paid, some days off, needing some rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where do I fall in the ladder? Is there room for improvement here? Can yeah. I move up the ladder? Can mm-hmm. I get better pay? What mm-hmm. about health benefits? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All that stuff. Yeah, and here all of that is gone. It's gone. You know, hear all of that. You're just, <laughs> you're just, you're serving Jesus and you're fulfilling what yeah. you've been made for yeah. and you're doing yeah. it from a position of reigning. There's yeah. no sense of, man, I hope I don't lose my job. I hope the economy yeah. stays good. You yeah. know, I hope. Not hope a sense the, of, I hope this paycheck makes it to X, Y, and Z. And yeah. All this and and I, I hope the employees don't turn against me. You know, yeah. I got all that stuff, all the striving and worrying and figuring all that stuff out. That's gone. And you're reigning. You're you're yeah. you're working and you're serving now from a position of reigning. So like, we're just getting the pieces of the puzzle are coming together for us here. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look back in Isaiah, you also get some glimpses of this new heaven and earth because that's exactly what Isaiah says. He writes in chapter sixty-five. He says, uh, "For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth." He's, this is God speaking here in Isaiah, and he says that new heavens and a new earth. Mm-hmm. He says, "And the former shall not be remembered or come to mind." So this is very similar to John's words. Yeah. You read on in that passage, you get down to verse twenty-one, and here's what he, here's what God says about that new heaven and new earth. He says, "They shall build houses and inhabit them; they shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit." There's one sentence that just stuns because now there's building, there's process, Mm -hmm. there's work, Mm -hmm. there are houses, there's living Mm -hmm. in those houses, enjoyment in those houses. And all the homesteaders go wild whenever they <laughs> That's right. Hey, and all my architectural dreams yes. come to pass. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, watch out, Frank Lloyd Wright. <laughs> and then it says, they shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. So there's work, but we know that there's no toil and frustration with yeah. the work. Just like it was before the fall as yeah, well. Yeah, the, the curse on the earth was not that there would be work. No. Adam worked before uh-huh. there was the fall. Yeah. It was enjoyable. It was fulfilling. It was rewarding. But the curse came in that it would be with sweat. It would be 
it would make you tired. It would make you frustrated. Mm -hmm. There would be difficulty and it would be sometimes not productive, but that's not the case at all here because it says they shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Yeah. There's a, you get to plant and there's a lot mm -hmm. and it's rewarding. Now this is yeah. not saying you have to, <laughs> yeah. but if you, if that's your thing, man, you will enjoy it. Yeah. It will be your thing. So Absolutely. to think of, okay, whatever glimpses of glory you've experienced here, whatever thing you have found rewarding for you to think in that day, it will be exponentially more is what we find. And there is a new earth and there is life on it and the earth yields fruit and you'll plant and you'll harvest and we'll eat and we'll be satisfied. This is life on the new earth. Plenty to do mm -hmm. all toward an end either. It's not random. It's not, um, it's not frustrating work. It's glorying work for mm -hmm. Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So uh, there's this verses here in uh, Revelation chapter five. It says, so you have, it says, uh, have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. So interesting yeah. how it says out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation yeah. and that there is still a matter of distinction yeah. between all of them. Yeah. Not that there's, uh, you know, whatever may go on between them, but right. there still seems to be a social order. And again, a recognition of mm -hmm. this is who this person is. This is where this person is from. This yeah. is, you know, the nation these people are from and all that kind of stuff. Right. So what, what about that here in heaven? Yeah. Again, it depends on what you've seen or heard or thought or believed about heaven. You may have thought, well, we just all become this, um, same uh, angelic type figure where we yeah. lose all distinction. We lose even, you know, some say we lose male, female, we lose race, we lose tribe, tongue, yeah. all of that stuff. We become this all, all the same one mm -hmm. thing, but that's mm -hmm. not the case Yeah, because uh, there, even in heaven, there we are redeemed and there's the awareness that it's from every tribe, mm -hmm. every tongue, every people <clears throat> and every nation. And the beauty of heaven is, is that out of maintaining all of those comes this glorious conglomeration yeah. of, of all who are redeemed yeah. and they are, they are, they are redeemed by the blood of Christ. So that's why they're there. And the thing about them is they have all been <clears throat> made kings and priests and they reign again. Here's this phrase, they shall reign on the earth. So you have a distinction still. But you have distinction with unity, and it's beautiful. And that's really what makes, <coughs> excuse me, that's what makes part of the uh, the unity there so glorious is it? Yeah. there's it's, no more social unrest. Yeah. There's no more racial tension. There's exactly. no more national division. Mm -hmm. Instead, here's the glory of all of the colors, backgrounds, languages yeah. all together. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I come from a background of art, so... You know, you think about painting a painting. In a painting, we're going to use all kinds of colors yeah. and variations and shades, and those all make the, the painting beautiful. Yeah. If you tried to paint a painting only using one color, yeah, it would be... Exactly. Not, it would not show glory, majesty, and <clears throat> vastness. And depth. And, right. Exactly. 
Because that's the thing, you know, it's not that everyone just <coughs> turns into a invisible spirit and we just float around and hopefully mm-hmm. recognize the vibes of what people are going on. <laughs> that's not how it yeah. works. <clears throat> but it's that these will have new bodies and will be yeah. distinct. <clears throat> And that's what makes, again, like we've been saying, that's what makes the glory so glorious yeah. is that while God reached all of these groups and created all of these people for heaven. Right. And somehow in that day, though there is a distinctiveness of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, there is an ability to understand one another. Yeah. So I don't know if we all adopt a new language in yeah. heaven or if we're all giving internal translators that help yeah. us know exactly, exactly, I know what language you're speaking. Exactly. Uh, I, I tend to think that one, but I know people argue just the other, you yeah. know, and could, could point out other reasons why. Those are one of the things we do not know. Yeah. The point is we do understand one another in that yeah. day, and that's part of what's glorious and beautiful Absolutely. about that day. So again, we've been kind of talking about that idea of, or the imagination of the harps and the songs and the music. And there are verses, you know, that talk about songs and all that, that people vaguely reference kind of sort of know, but don't really know. And it's like, I heard this one time. So what does the Bible say about worship and language in heaven? And like, are are there the harps and you know, what is, what does that look like? Yeah. And, and what about the songs we know now? Will they yeah. still be ones yeah. we sing in heaven, or are we we dropping all of that and we get a we get a new we list get, of songs, brand new hymnal, or something. yeah, a new new download of songs or something? So, um, the Book of Revelation again helps us here in chapter fourteen. John writes because he's given a glimpse into heaven, and he says, "And I heard a voice from heaven, like the voice of many waters, and like the voice of loud." thunder. So uh, right away, we've got this awareness that, okay, there are acoustics on this new earth and there's volume on this new earth. And sometimes it's quiet. Sometimes it's loud. Yeah. Uh, John goes on, he says, and I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. There it is. There you go. The little angel babies. That's Uh it. Now this is John using language of his day and awareness of his day to understand what he's seeing and hearing. Here's what he says. He hears this music and he sees people playing. He says, they sang as it were a new song before the throne, before the living, before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who are redeemed from the earth. Now, you're kind of getting into some prophetic language yeah. here about the end times and this 144,000, who I believe is a reference to uh, Jewish believers. But the implication here that we really want to dive into, or the truth of this passage we want to dive into, is that there is music in mm-hmm. heaven. There is There are acoustics. There's volume. There's music. There are expressions of talent. So <clears throat> they're not being forced to sing a song that only heaven had. They are singing something that comes out of them. They are singing a song that comes from them. So this means that there is expression in heaven, yeah. uh, expressions of, of talent because they're playing instruments and they're singing. This means there will be uh, voices, obviously, mm-hmm. hearing, obviously. There will be melody. There will be unison and harmony and complexity because they're hearing harps and voices 
And if you're a student of music, you begin to understand, okay, wait a minute, that takes some <clears throat> intentionality and some design to understand parts. And all of this is mm -hmm. involved here in this music expression. And this song that he hears specifically is something that comes from their past tragedy that God is now using for his glory. So they're telling a story through their song well, and only they understand it because it came out of their experience. Well, so do the experiences on earth translate into the music of heaven? Yes. Wow. And the songs that we have sung here on earth that have meant the most to us will most likely be some of the songs that we will sing in heaven because they have meant the most to us now. Wow. Fascinating. Now that means there's a lot of different songs being sung by a lot of different people because a lot of different people have, have come from a lot of different tribes world. and yeah. nations and peoples and 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 groups <clears throat> and they've sang their songs mm -hmm. and you just imagine that playlist. <laughs> Spotify couldn't hold it. Nope. And uh but this is part of what the glory of heaven will be, this songs that mm. uh songs that even we won't know that yeah. Only those who experience it would know yeah. but that there is the opportunity even to learn in yeah. that time. And that's fascinating. <laughs> like, again, you're saying that there are songs that we don't know where, like, I remember whenever I was younger being taught slash told, I don't really know how it came about, but it was like this concept that, <clears throat> hey, whenever you enter heaven, God's going to like basically put in this, here's all the information you could ever need or ever want. <laughs> Here's the answers to everything. Download this <clears throat> yep. and you'll be like Neo from the Matrix, basically. Exactly. And you, you'd understand everything. Yeah. So if we will have things that we don't even know, some songs and yeah. who, who knows what other things, what does that look like then? Are we going to forever be learning everything? Because mm. eternity is eternity. And yeah. if we don't know everything, then yeah. we would have to be learning something. There, There is a sense from the scripture that we will level up obviously, and mm -hmm. receive a new body and a new mind and we'll be freed from decay. We'll be freed from the flesh and we'll have a new awareness. We will see him as he is. So all of that is new, but you also get glimpses at the same time that indicate in this new eternity, on the new earth, we will still continue learning. So if you think about it just for a little bit, it makes sense. Uh, here is God who is vast and glorious. And all of a sudden we are in his presence with no more restrictions. And to yeah. think that somehow we are going to be able in that moment to take in the vastness of who he is and mm -hmm. comprehend every element of that yeah. is not realistic. Oh, no. The scripture talks about the unsearchable riches. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. um, we're going, to show, we're going to look at a couple of verses here that really kind of give us this idea that we will spend eternity continuing well, to learn. We'll continue to learn about the stories from other believers, obviously. Mm -hmm, even about mm -hmm. those that we, even our own family, there'll be things that we will learn about them <clears throat> and their experiences with Christ that we may yeah. not know now. Yeah. We don't know now. Mm -hmm. So just learning what God has done to redeem others learning about his glory and what he's done for us personally, mm -hmm. but also learning more about him. Ephesians 2, 6 and 7 says that we've been raised up together 
and made to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's us now. We have been redeemed, and our spirit and our standing is that we have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're not experiencing the physical reality of that yet. Mm -hmm. not experiencing the full dimensions of that yet. But he goes on and he says, here's the purpose of that. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Mm. The word show here is the word that means to reveal, to be revealing. Mm. And so what Paul is saying is that in the ages to come, in this new heaven and new earth, that God will be showing, revealing the exceeding riches of his grace. He'll be revealing more and more of his goodness to us as we are able to process and take it in, which means, yes, we will continue to learn in heaven, in this new earth, a new eternity that we will be in in that day. And we'll be learning more of what he has for us, what it means to be fulfilled, and even experience um, the filling in of the gaps of all of the places that we have hurt here yeah. on earth even. Mm. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. Again, <clears throat> that idea of the fulfilling, you know, is, is huge. And it's mm-hmm. that, that, you know, anticipation mm-hmm. we live here on earth for waiting right. for that. Because again, in this life, we do have pain and tears, yep. tears and hurts and, yep. you know, expectations and all that stuff. And so we do hear verses that talk about, uh, like we we read one earlier today that, that God would wipe away every tear yeah. uh, and that we would, you know, have no more pain and that mm-hmm. we would be uh, made perfect or we'd have new bodies. And so what does that, what does that look like in heaven? Uh, yeah. Not having pain and yeah. God wiping away our tears. What does that look like? Yeah. So Jesus talked a lot about heaven mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. he talked about it in terms of even it being a place where the hurts of this life would be resolved, where in this life we would experience need, loss, pain, but that heaven would be the place, this new earth would be the place where we would experience individually the fulfillment, the resolve of all of those hurts and pains and losses. So in Luke 6, Jesus said, blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. So right away, there's this Mm -hmm. uh, promise of Jesus is that though you may be financially poor now, you have at your disposal the riches of the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. By faith here, but oh boy, wait till that day. He goes on and says, blessed are you who hunger now, for Mm -hmm. you shall be fulfilled or filled So for those who experience need and uh, desire that is yet unmet, who long for something different, he's not talking about just hungry hungry for Mm -hmm. dinner. He's talking about a soul ache. He says, Mm -hmm. you're blessed if you hunger and ache right now because you will be filled. He goes on and says, blessed are you who weep now for you shall laugh. Mm. He's not talking about just in this life. He's saying when those of you who have suffered and hurt and mm-hmm. been filled with just deep sorrow, mm-hmm. 
He says, there's coming a day you'll laugh. Mm-hmm. Not and, in mockery of what had yeah, happened. That's but, what I was going to say. It's not like, oh, we'll laugh about this one day. Or no, something, no, but, but in great joy. Full joy, yeah. yeah. In verse 22, he says, blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Mm. He says, you, you may have experienced rejection and heartache and been cast out of every friend group and family or maybe people you trusted. And he says, in that day, you should, you should find your great delight. And here's mm-hmm. what he says. For indeed, your reward is great in heaven. He says, yeah. there's coming a day in which the gap of every loss, hurt, ache, longing, struggle, thing you desired, thing you wanted to see come to pass, you prayed for, you waited for, you sacrificed for, that thing that never came to pass, there's coming a day and it will be fulfilled. It will be filled and it will be filled in a way greater than you could ever imagine. And that it just gives so much hope, you know, because here in this life, that stuff happens. And it's yeah. the stuff that we ask, why? Why is this happening? Yeah. Why didn't it come to pass? Why wasn't my prayer answered? Why the hurt? Why the loss? Why the pain? Here, this life is just a glimpse of eternity. Mm-hmm. And every loss, hurt, ache here will find its fulfillment there. Yeah. So that's, that's encouraging. It's mm, incredible. Yeah. That this is part of what we will do in heaven. We mm. will get to experience the fulfillment of every lost yeah. moment here. Yeah. There'll be a direct connection and you'll know it mm-hmm. because it will satisfy something in you that yeah. was never met here yeah. in this life. That's unique to each individual. Yes. That's it's thing. not just this programmed approach that everybody will do, but you you and your hurts yeah, exactly. different than me and my hurts and exactly. my my longings and my yep. Uh, missed opportunities, even mm-hmm. things that I regret, things that I would do differently. I mm-hmm. wish I had a do-over. All those things, they are met and fulfilled in heaven. Jesus said, yeah. "Every hunger mm-hmm. filled." Uh, you see that in when Matthew writes from the same uh, things that he heard from Jesus. He, he writes a very same similar passage in Matthew five. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. There is another reference to this new earth. Those who now are meek, they are controlled, they're reserved, they're holding back, they're praying, they're using Mm self-control, they're they're sacrificing for another day and another time. They will inherit the earth. They will have more because they have kept back more. And blessed are the, verse six, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. Those same words, you get this picture of that for every opportunity that you feel like you missed, Everything that you think, ah, blew that, and that moment is gone. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not gone. You're just saving up for a day yeah. when Jesus will fulfill and resolve in a way greater than you could have ever imagined. So, good. <clears throat> so you just mentioned something about uh, rewards in heaven and yeah. the fact that we would uh, receive a reward. And you mentioned mm-hmm. it as well in one of your sermons recently that you did on heaven. Yeah. So I want to... 
I want to talk about that for a little bit and hear what what does the scripture say about the reward that we will receive mm-hmm. in heaven? Again, we understand our we will be fulfilled. We will have the pains yep. resolved and we will be not just even but positive feeling instead of just, you know, yeah. a blanket statement, here you go. So Yeah, the scripture talks about that day. There'll be a time of um of of judgment. But for the believer, it will not be a judgment to determine whether you'll enter heaven or not. That has been secured for you by Jesus Christ. But there'll be a day of evaluation of the works that we have done in which the works will be tried, as it were, by fire. They'll be put through a test. And this is not a pass-fail test. Again, this is more determining for reward what you will receive. Because there are some things we do in this life that are selfish. There are some things we yeah. do that are temporal and they're not for the kingdom's sake. And yeah. those don't those don't lend themselves to reward yeah. in heaven. Yeah. But those things that we've done out of faith, mm-hmm. out of sacrifice, out of desire of love for Jesus and love for yeah. others that have come from a heart to honor him, that stuff is uh, accounted in heaven and it's kept in a ledger. And it's, it, it is then rewarded by Jesus on a day of judgment. Again, not pass-fail, but of mm-hmm. reward. And Jesus pictured it um, for those that he spoke to in his day. And he talked about, uh, he used a parable to talk about a, uh, a, a, a an owner who went away to a land to conduct some business. Mm-hmm. And while he was gone, he put some people in charge of his things. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he went away gave them responsibilities, and when he came back, he was going to reward them based on their faithfulness with the things that he had left them. And so you read about this in Luke chapter 19, and it says in verse 15, and so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. So again, this is a picture of the time of reward coming. This king comes back and he says, all right, it's time to call everyone in so I can know how to reward you. And verse 16, it says, then came the first saying, master, your mina has earned 10 minas. And he said to him, well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little have authority over 10 cities. Wow. So there's so much there. But what happens is this one who has been faithful with a little, Jesus rewards with much. An amount of money he was faithful with, and he was faithful with it. And so Jesus rewarded him not with a little bit of profit, but he gave him 10 cities, authority over 10 cities. That's exponential reward for faithfulness. Yeah. He goes on and says in the second, same master, your mina has earned five has earned five minas. And likewise, he said to him, You also shall be over five cities. So I think what we're seeing here is that there will be reward yeah. for every act of faith, mm-hmm. every sacrifice, everything you've done in secret, everything you've done mm-hmm. for the glory of Jesus, everything that has not been rewarded here will be rewarded there and it will be exponential. Mm-hmm. You might say, well, I don't know that I really want the authority over 10 cities. I mean, that sounds like a lot of work. 
<laughs> it's not my thing, it's you true. know? I get it. I don't think what he's saying here is that this is going to be everybody's yeah. function. But what he's saying is this was written about some servants who mm -hmm. obviously that would have been fulfilling to them. Yeah. A servant made a ruler. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is in your life that has been your area of faith, longing, joy, passion that you did out of service to Jesus, it will be re rewarded in that day and it will be exponentially rewarded and it mm -hmm. will be the longing of everything that you have wanted in your heart. Mm -hmm. That's encouraging yeah. because, you know, Certainly. we all do that. We all, we, we have areas where we, we prayed and told no one else. We gave and told no one else. Yeah. We served and didn't get back what we thought we would get. Mm -hmm. We our, our our act of serving went unnoticed. Mm -hmm. Our act of giving didn't produce the reward we thought. Yeah. And we have to be encouraged, should be encouraged that, oh yeah, it's noticed. It's been yeah. kept up with. There's a ledger in heaven and there's yeah. a reward coming. Yep. And it will be far greater than you can imagine. Absolutely. And it'll be different for every person. Yeah. The reward that you receive will be different than the reward that I receive. Mm -hmm. But it will be based on what we have done for Jesus here in this life. <clears throat> so good. And again, specific and tangible and real for the person, for what they will be doing and for the things that they will have in heaven. Again, it talks about storing up treasures in heaven. Exactly. Very fascinating. Yeah, there. we're invited to all of that. Yeah. And the fact that here, what it translated to was not just a bag of goodies for them to go no. off yeah. into the corner to play with, yeah. but it translated into responsibility. Yeah. It yeah. translated into relationships. They were given authority over 10 cities. Yeah. Everything that we will have in that day in reward won't just be trinkets for us to go sit in a corner with yeah. and, and marvel at. It will be to interconnect us yeah. with the rest of eternity uh, and inhabitants and by serving Jesus in the midst of it. Yeah. So, so with all of that, even, you know, you get this sense and idea of, okay, in heaven on the new earth and in the new heaven, uh, all this idea that mm -hmm. we will have a physical space that we take up, yeah. which means we would then have a new physical body. <laughs> yeah. And so what in the world does that yeah. even look like? What does that mean? And yeah. What do we see from the Bible in that? So in Philippians, Paul writes and he says, our citizenship is in heaven. This is, this is now who we are. It's where our identity is, uh, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will, listen to this, transform our lowly body hmm. that it may be conformed to his glorious body. Wow. <laughs> so our body will be like Jesus' body after he was resurrected. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Fascinating. So, so you go back to some of the glimpses of that little time period between when Jesus was resurrected and he ascended. Mm -hmm. that period right there, you find interesting things happening. You find that he was able to be seen. Mm -hmm. um, felt. He, he was able to be felt. Mm -hmm. and they touched They touched him and, and felt him. Uh, the scars were still present on him. Fascinating. But they were not a bother to him. In fact, they were part of what brought greater glory to him. Yeah. That's just, there's so much right there. <laughs> 
the scars that you have faced in your life, we have faced in our life, Mm -hmm. uh, they don't disappear. They become the things that cause others to find greater glory in God who has redeemed us by the scars. Um, But it did not inhibit him in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 it further glorified the father in him. He was able to eat. Uh, he was able to appear and disappear out of a room. There's an occasion where the disciples were meeting together and it said in the door was closed and mm-hmm. Jesus appeared to them. <laughs> this during that time period between resurrection and ascension, yeah. I think, okay, so what does that mean? I mean, yeah. if you draw some conclusions here, if we're going to have a, something different than this lowly body that is weak and tired and limited, mm-hmm. and we're going to be conformed to his glorious body, then that would imply that we would possibly be able to move in and out of spaces and we wouldn't have to think in terms of taking days or weeks, you know, to go somewhere Travel's around the globe. Wow. Travel becomes very, very different. That's fascinating. Yeah. I can I can just appear and reappear in other places. And if I'm going to have a body like him in that day, then all things are different. I'm recognizable. You know me. I still have the same form and appearance. You understand who I am. I maybe even carry some of the scars about me, but I'm clothed as Jesus was clothed mm-hmm. in that day. Mm-hmm. But he's glorious. He's brilliant. He's noticeably different, but he is obviously recognizable, mm-hmm. but he can do things differently because he's in a glorified body. So that all ties in with what we will do in yeah. that day. Uh, I think we have a, a much better glimpse all of yeah, a sudden exactly. of, of what this is. It's in a place yeah. and there's a purpose and there's a function and yeah. I'm operating out of my desires and dreams that God placed yeah. in my heart and I'm wor- working out of rewards and responsibilities that he's given me and I'm serving other people and I'm serving yeah. him and I'm finding great work and delight and I'm enjoying my life and I'm enjoying heaven to a degree greater than I could have ever imagined here mm-hmm. on this yeah. earth. I mean, that just produces such a great desire to see what that day looks like and to yeah. anticipate and to be excited for it rather than like, oh man, I really hope, <laughs> really hope it's not time to leave this place where I'm like right. nice and comfy and, yeah. you know, have all the things mm-hmm. around me and I got my family and all this kind of stuff. But this, all of the things here create the desire yeah. uh, to see Jesus face to face and to see what that day will be like. Yeah. I get all that. I, I mean, I remember when I was 20 and new believer and they talk, start talking about heaven. I'm thinking, ah, I ain't gotten married yet. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to get married. I want to have kids. I want to mm-hmm. accomplish some things. Mm-hmm. I remember all of those feelings. And even, you know, now at 60, I think ah, there's still some things I want to see. Yet. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. I want to see some things in my, you know, my family and, yep. but this increases my hope and expectation that, if I don't see it in this life, what awaits in the next? It's, yeah. it's going to eclipse it. Yep. It'll be so much more glorious yep. and rewarding. So First mm-hmm. John 3 tells us, Beloved, now we are children of God, yep. and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. <laughs> but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we will see him as he is And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So keep keep the longing for heaven. It's right to, it's good to. In fact, it helps prioritize life. Mm -hmm. It gives meaning to life. It gives hope to life. I don't have to try to rush around 
and do everything there is to do before I die because there won't be more time afterwards. No, I don't have to try to get all I can and can all I get, as they used to say. Yeah. Uh, I can live investing in heaven. I can give for eternity's sake. So we should live for that. We should prioritize our life around that. We should seek after rewards even. Um, it's okay to look forward to that. Yeah. In fact, live for that. Jesus said at the at the very end of Revelation 22 and, and 12, verse 12, it says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me mm. to give to everyone according to his work. It's right to long for that, to live for that. Uh, Jesus said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Go ahead and invest in it. Go ahead and work toward giving toward it. And it's right to prioritize our, our life for that. Paul talked to Timothy and said, hey, tell those people in the day who are rich to not be arrogant or trust in their riches. Instead, mm -hmm. tell them to do good and be rich in good works because they should be ready to give yeah. and willing to share. Because when they do that, they're storing up treasures in eternity, a good foundation for the time to come. So this whole idea of reprioritizing our life is right. And it's good to long for that day. It's yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, no. it's right. It's, yeah. it's very good. It, it shapes us. If you Absolutely. have that hope in you, it actually has a way of uh, purifying, John said. It kind of helps burn away like, yeah, that stuff's not as important as I thought. That That's probably not going to help me. Mm -hmm. It might help me now, but it doesn't help me in eternity. Mm -hmm. So, so this all puts eternity into better perspective as we understand what yeah. we will do in that day. And just to think, yeah. all, we've just talked about a little bit about what yeah. we will do in that day. There's yeah. so many other dimensions about what heaven is like. But yeah. It's, it's encouraging, good. though. It's yeah, helpful. Absolutely. absolutely. And uh, it's our prayer. It's been helpful to you and helpful to you today. Mm -hmm. Both of those things. Check mm -hmm. out those resources yep. um, at your favorite uh, book purchase location. Mm -hmm. And then uh, come join us here at Vertical Church. Ovella. Yep. Keep listening and um, come see us in person. See what God's doing here is our, our lives are being transformed. We're picking up eternal values and eternal hope in the midst of a temporal world that's in, in confusion and chaos in this day. That hope is found in Jesus. And for that reason, we keep lifting him up and living him out.